You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Friday afternoon. In the next ten minutes or so, we're going to be chatting to Manal Matani, who is the CEO and founder of OCD and Anxiety Support Hong Kong, and we'll be hearing about the various projects and initiatives her group has launched to support the community during COVID nineteen. Welcome back on the program, Manal, and thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Noreen. It's a pleasure to be back here on RTHK3. It's always、uh, so lovely to hear your voice. I should also tell our listeners、uh, we are using WhatsApp calls, which you know has been providing a wonderful coverage during COVID times. So we hope that the connection will stay strong.、Um, so perhaps let, let's back up a little bit, Manal, and, and perhaps you can give us an overview of what、uh, your support uh, group does uh, here in the community. Sure. So OCD and Anxiety Support Hong Kong is a registered charity here. We got charitable status last year, and our aim is really to support and help individuals who are suffering from obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety disorders, and depression,、um, and help to give them support, provide them psychoeducation about. Going through to supply them with resources to help them navigate through their journey of mental health recovery, and provide coaching and counselling to themselves and their loved ones, so they get help on the journey to wellness. Yeah, well, I'm sure you've been working very closely、uh, with these individuals,、um, especially maybe even during COVID-19. I mean, have they reported back sort of higher levels of of stress and and anxiety, and and how have they been coping? You know, I think that everybody at this time is really struggling to make sense of what's happening across the globe with COVID nineteen. I think there's a lot of uncertainty about the future. A lot of worry about how long this will last for. Worry about the impact that it's ha- ha- having financially. It's having on schools and teenagers.、Um, worrying about, you know, if there will be a cure in general. If there'll be a vaccine for COVID nineteen. So I think fear and anxiety prevails、um, through everybody at this time, but especially those who are suffering from mental health disorders. So, for example, I. Work closely with those who are suffering from OCD, and those with OCD, especially OCD regarding contamination issues. So, fear of contracting an illness based on touching different surfaces or contracting germs. Their OCD has really heightened because before、yes. it was just a perceived fear in their mind that they would contract an illness by, let's say, touching a doorknob, and now they're actually being told that. Um, that because of COVID nineteen, the actual COVID you know germs can live on surfaces for、um, many days, and so this is driving their compulsions、um, to actually get even worse. And so they feel the urge to hand wash, you know, avoid going out, avoid touching things,、um, and they feel like they're in in a worse situation.、Uh, it's also affecting those who have harm OCD and who are afraid of. Harming themselves or others, and that's an irrational thought. But with those, with COVID nineteen, they're worrying about what if they have COVID nineteen and they actually don't know, and they accidentally infect another person, and so they're starting to、uh, worry and obsess about that. 
Um, there are also lots of, of people out there who are struggling with health anxiety in general. And with health anxiety, one worries about um, every symptom that comes up for them. And they worry that it is actually something terrible. So stomachache maybe being um, pancreatic cancer or a cold being nasal pharyngeal cancer. And now they're worried that their symptoms actually are more than just symptoms themselves, but actually COVID-19. So there's a definite worsening of symptoms amongst the mental health population. And I think support at this time is really critical because they're not able to reach out, maybe see their counselors regularly face to face, maybe have the support of their um, family who may not live with them and their friends. Um, and they're feeling quite isolated and disconnected, as many of us are at this time. Yes, I was going to echo that point. It's sort of like isolation upon isolation, where where usually they'd be able to, like you said, see their families and friends and, and even their counsellor to, to talk them through things. But now this is uh, proving to be quite difficult. Ho- hopefully with, with measures sort of relaxing a little bit here in Hong Kong, uh, many of these individuals will be able to, to, to go and and get back to their regular pre-COVID-19 routine. But, you know, just going back on something you said you said about the OCD individuals, it can be quite debilitating. I mean, hand washing comes to mind, you know, when you've got that, you know, irrational fear, but these fears are then cons- confirmed as being um, true. You know, if you don't wash your hands, it, it, you can get the germs and the bacteria will stay. How are they coping? How, how do you then the irrational fears becomes a rational fear. It's not just them who worry about hand washing. You know, I don't have OCD. I, I constantly worry, am I washing my hands enough um, also? So how do you how do you help them cope? I think that's an excellent question. There's a very, we have to be very careful with those who are struggling with OCD and contamination issues. And I guess we get them to follow the guidelines recommended by the WHO or the government here in that they wash their hands um, if they have been outside and when they do wash their hands they wash their hands for 20 seconds and then they need to switch off the tap Um, uh, if they feel like they need to wash their hands again just in case they haven't got everything off we recommend that they actually say okay they, they need to stop and walk away from the tap in terms of hand sanitizer as well because you can't always get to um, a washroom and, and to a sink. We recommend that instead of uh, hand sanitizing after they touch every surface is that when they've been out, let's say for half an hour or 45 minutes, then they hand sanitize. Um, otherwise, they will just go through bottles of hand sanitizer and go through bottles of soap and we get them to just be cautious, wear their mask, make sure they're not touching their face or um, in in any way, but just reminding them that, yes, there is a risk of getting COVID-19 and everybody is is, um, in the same position, but washing your hand one more time or using an extra extra three squeezes of hand sanitizer is is actually going to make their mental health worse. Yes, that's an excellent point, Manel. And it's extremely contagious when you see other people sort of hand sanitizing and and spraying alcohol. You you know, you just can't help yourself. And, you you know, we're reaching into our pockets, getting that little bottle and just squirting a little bit more. But, I mean, it it becomes a bit of a compulsive um, decision. 
Absolutely. So I've been out with friends who and would be out for an hour and they would take out their hand sanitizer maybe six or seven times. And I look at them and I'm like, you just used that five minutes ago. And they're like, okay, but we need to be safe. And I'm like, yes, but there's a difference between being safe and being obsessive over it. And we need to be mindful of it. Yeah. I know safety is of utmost concern, but those who are struggling or have dispositions to mental health disorders just need to err on the side of caution as well and look after their mental health yes i've just had to move my hand sanitizer a bit closer to me i, I didn't spray it but i was thinking about spraying <laughs> it as you were talking um i also i've seen you know you, you, the, the social media presence of your wonderful uh, support group ocd and anxiety support hong kong and uh, how much you've been doing for our community um well one of them is really handing out um hand sanitizers to to, to the, the needy Tell us a little bit more about some of the initiatives um, that uh, uh, that you've been up to. You know, I really think that at this time where Hong Kong and the world is going through so much anxiety and stress that everybody can do something to help alleviate fear and anxiety and make another person feel a little bit better or feel a little bit safer. And so we've tried as much as possible to support the local community as well as the mental health community here in Hong Kong. So as you said, we've been distributing hand sanitizers. We were donated hand sanitizers very kindly from an education consultancy company called called Taskpins. They donated it to us and we really wanted to reach out to different members of the community and distribute the hand sanitizers. So over the past week, we've been giving sanitizers out to Pamela Yude Nevisol Eastern Hospital, which is a hospital that's dedicated to helping mental health patients who have a quite serious mental health problems, and that's on their pediatric and elderly department. We've also given hand sanitizers to the Hong Kong Rehabilitation Society to help those who are struggling with strokes and their families, and to Baptist Oi Kwan Social Service to help um, those patients who are in recovery and struggling with OCD, um, depression, and anxiety in general. So that's one of our initiatives. We've moved all of our support group meetings since January um, online to Zoom. Um, we thought it was very important to be able to still provide a safe space, especially at this time where we know anxiety um, has worsened and is affecting, you know, our community and our mental health sufferers. So we have uh, regular support group meetings on Zoom and we have had an increased number of participants who have come on to speak about how the whole situation is affecting their mental health and those as well who struggling with OCD, anxiety and depression, talking about how it has worsened. Um, so there are cases of those who have OCD who haven't been able to leave their house in the last four months wow. at all, just in fear of contracting anything. And so it's about giving them the support to even just walk out of their front door and press the lift button and go downstairs and stand outside of their block and take a few deep breaths just that so they don't feel so isolated so they don't just feel in their own um, world and alone 
We have provided um, regular activities online to reduce stress and anxiety from the whole pandemic with COVID-19. So we've had um, yoga classes, we've had mindfulness activities, we've had meditation classes. We try and do that twice or thrice a month so that the local community as well as the mental health community can join and have a place where they can just unwind and relax. Um, we've been giving talks at secondary schools, international secondary schools on Zoom, especially to teenagers at this time um, who are struggling to cope with the anxiety, the frustration, the grief, the despair of the whole situation that's come about with COVID-19. A lot of the teenagers are very uncertain about their future, especially those in upper years, year 12 and year 13, they don't know if they're going to get into the university of their choice. Um, they don't know how their grades are going to be assessed. They're stuck with college applications. They're worried if they're going to fall behind in the next school year, those who are in younger years. And they're feeling just very isolated from their friends. And some of them as well feeling a lot of grief and loss because they're not going to be able to take part in those really important moments like graduation or um, or or prom or dinner dance or something that's important to them because of COVID-19. Um, we are also really, really excited because we are going to be launching um, a mental health counseling clinic and it's going to be called Rainbow of Hope. And that's going to be launched in June, in the middle of June. And it's going to be a mental health counseling clinic for adults here in Hong Kong who are suffering from mental illness and cannot afford or cannot access treatment. And so we have just recruited um, about six counsellors who are going to be working virtually. So it's going to be an online clinic to start off with. And we're really eager to help those who are suffering and give them a space to actually talk about their fears and worries and get professional help. And this counselling clinic is going to be low cost. We're going to charge about $50 for them to have a session with a counsellor. And we're charging only because we want them to be committed to sessions yeah. and to turn up. Manal, it's um, so amazing all that you're doing for our community. I remember sort of uh, you, you launching it a few years ago and this is just remarkable. It's grown bigger and stronger and it's really sort of, yeah, I'm just so happy for you. Thank you, Noreen. You know, I have been so blessed to have so many kind supporters as yourself friends, family and the wider community who are really, who want to get involved, who want to support this initiative. Um, and so we're really, really, we are growing, we are expanding, we are also hiring, we're looking for a project manager and an office administrator. So um, note to anybody out there who's uh, interested in working for our nonprofit organisation. Um, and lastly, we are going to start running a teenage support group um, meeting, which we're super excited about. And that starts in September because we know that teenagers are very prone to developing mental health problems because of the physical, the mental, the emotional they go through um, during adolescence and we know that a lot of them are struggling with issues like self-harm low self-esteem um, and we want to give them a safe space to to be supported and to get help that they need 
Yeah, wow. It sounds like there's there's a lot uh, happening uh, in this space. And now, Manal, that there's also uh, one thing. Oh, I've lost my train of thought. There, I was I was going to ask. Uh, did you experience? Oh, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, d- did your group sort of experience uh, a lot of troubles, uh, or what are the impacts of COVID nineteen uh, on your support group? Uh, were you able to move a lot of your sessions online and still maintain that uh, level of interaction with some of these individuals? You know, it has been challenging. I will not lie. It has been, it has to, we've all had to adapt to a new way of interacting. Um, I think it still is able to achieve its mission in the sense that individuals can still express how they feel, can get support from myself and from peers, but I, but they miss the social interaction of Um, speaking to each other after the support group meeting, um, you know, uh, talking to members of the group that they feel connected with. And also they just miss uh, being in touch with them in general, especially new members who would join our support group uh, meetings when they would happen um, in a physical place, as like the Jadis Blurton Development Center. New members would often be invited to coffee or hikes or karaoke eaten by other older members and would really be taken under their wing and that's that can't happen right now with COVID-19 um, but I think people are just grateful to have a place where they can talk they can share um, they Absolutely. can receive support. Yeah, and like you mentioned just now, you know, counselling, especially English language counselling here in Hong Kong, can be quite expensive and it adds up. And, and with the, like you said, the uncertainty uh, during this pandemic, it can really it can really deter people from really seeking help, the help that they need because of, of the of the cost. Uh, but your group is doing everything uh, that you can to, to offer uh, this kind of support to people who may not be able to afford the, the high prices. Um, remind our listeners once again, Manal, how can they find out more about you and your group? Have you got a website and a Facebook page that people can learn more? Yes, we do. Thank you. Um, if you would, if anybody is interested in learning more about OCD and Anxiety Support Hong Kong, please visit our website. Our website address is www.ocdanxietyhk.com. O-R-G. We also have a Facebook page called OCD and Anxiety Hong Kong, which will give you all the updates in terms of our events um, that we have going on and also um, will inform you about the support group meetings. You can also email us. You'll find our email address on the website. And if you'd like to help support any of our initiatives, please feel free to donate. There is a donate button on our website. Um, and any amount is uh, appreciated to help us with our initiatives to support the mental health community here in Hong Kong. It really is a, a wonderful group, Manal, and I do really urge our listeners uh, to go to your fa- uh, to go to your Facebook and also your website uh, and join the mailing list. There's always uh, so much to know about um, y- your new events and also different initiatives. And uh, actually, I found out what you were doing on on, on your newsletter, so I was quite chuffed uh, to to receive your newsletter. So uh, please, people, go to ocdanxietyhk.org uh, to find out more. Meanwhile, thank you so much for your time, and that's. Manal Matani, the CEO and founder of OCD and Anxiety Support Hong Kong. Thank you very much indeed and stay safe and I look forward to having you back on the program next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Noreen.